It is time now for Making Sense of the Markets with Lori Pinkowski. Lori's the Senior Vice President and Portfolio Manager at Canaccord Genuity. Good morning, Lori. Good morning, Simi. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are those markets doing? Well, markets uh, over the past week have been edging a bit higher, you know, but fairly quiet. Today, investors are really waiting for the U.S. Fed Reserve update as well as their policy decision. Uh, you know, again, they aren't expected to increase rates, but their tone could change uh, as well as talking about possible rate increases in 2023. Again, this is a long time from now, of course. And, you know, the the two most important points that investors have really been following uh, recently is, again, rising inflation uh, and an improving jobs market, uh, and uh, as well as the motivation uh, for the Fed to really scale back stimulus. And again, you know, we do expect that at some point, you know, when the economy gets back on its feet, uh, that they would scale back stimulus. It's normal, but the market may react somewhat negatively when we first initially see that, uh, and then uh, and then calm down a bit, right? And again, remember, in an inflationary environment or when interest rates are going up, often we see the stock market going up as well. Okay, so yeah, let's talk about inflation when you talk about things going up because that's going up. It definitely is. Last week, uh, the U.S. reported that inflation rose 5% in May. Again, that's from a year ago, right? And that's coming off an extreme low. And in the U.S., that's the highest since the summer of 2008. Uh, so even though this came, um, you know, this news came above expectation, uh, expectations, markets reacted positively as investors believe that the elevated prices will only be temporary in nature. And that goes for Canada here as well, as you guys just mentioned on NW. Uh, inflation in Canada increased uh, to 3.6% in May. And again, where are we seeing those price increases? We're seeing it really across the board. Gasoline, right? Uh, we all experienced that. Oh, We're yeah. seeing it furniture, uh, meat products. So when you think things are getting more expensive around you, you're, you're right. They are. You know, it's not just the housing market. Uh, we're seeing it in, in many areas of the economy. And do we expect that inflation rate to continue to go up or do you think things are going to stabilize? Well, it's going to be somewhat temporary in, in in nature, but I do think that for months to come, we're going to see, uh, you know, increased uh, inflation numbers. And again, that's why, you know, you really need to look at how you're generating income from your portfolio, uh, because the good old GIC just doesn't work anymore, right? As, as rates uh, have stayed low for some time. Uh, and we're going to see inflation increase. Eventually, rates will go up, but it's still not going to be for for probably months, if not years to come. All right. Well, let's talk about those years to come. People planning for their retirement, right? We're talking about that this morning. Uh, that's tricky when you're trying to plan how much money you're going to need. Well, definitely, it, it can be. And you know, as I mentioned, we are in a low interest rate environment uh, because the Bank of Canada had to lower rates during the recession. Uh, this has helped the economy and the housing market, right? Mortgage uh, rates have been lower, but it's also impacting GIC investors and sometimes their ability to earn income. And so when you think about, you know, the big question I get, what kind of income do you think I'll need in retirement? Uh, which is a which is a big question, but I often say it depends on how much you spend. Uh, and I deal with so many retirees and we're creating income portfolios on a regular basis uh, there is sort of an average, I, I would say, um, you know, early on in retirement, people do spend more, right? Uh, usually, not not during a COVID year, but usually. Right. 
And, uh, and so people actually have saved more over the past year. But generally speaking, I see that people are estimating that they need kind of five to 8,000 a month and then sort of a travel fund of maybe 10 to 20,000 a year again early on in retirement. Hmm. Okay. So, and you really have to stick to that. I guess budgeting is probably absolutely key, right? When you're looking at retirement. Yeah, for many. And when we're doing a financial plan, we're asking, you know, do you need a new car in the next five years? Um, or do you often replace your car? Usually the answer is no. The type of clients we're dealing with are not buying new cars uh, every couple of years or anything like that. Uh, but renovations is, is a big one, right? Or we need to consider the possibility of downsizing uh, or inheritance, right? So all of these things uh, we include in a financial plan. And that's how we're deciding, you know, what kind of income can you take from your portfolio uh, and which accounts are you going to take it from? Okay. Where do you even start with something like that? Like, how do you do How do they calculate CPP? Like, should you be taking it? A lot of people start taking it at age 60. Should you wait? How do you figure that out? Yeah, definitely. You know, a CPP is a big one about when you start and it really depends uh, on your current situation. So again, if you take it early, if you're taking it at 60, you're going to get less than if you take it later on. And you want to take a look at if uh, one is earning income, right? If you're earning income, you may wa- not want to apply for CPP right away. You might want to wait till you actually do retire or have a lower income. You know, the, the other part of that is you don't know how long you're going to live. So we usually like to say, you know, you know, taking your CPP as soon as possible might be a good idea for your for your situation. Um, and again, money in the bank is better than money in the future. Right. And yeah. so yeah. so that's that's what that's one thought. And remember, CPP is a government plan that everyone who has worked um, and contributed to uh, is available to you. And the max amount uh, for 2021 is uh, over $1,200 a month. So this adds to your overall income. And old age security is another one, right? That's offered to everybody, whether you worked or didn't. Uh, And the max amount now is $615 a month. And again, when you see those numbers, you're going, well, that's not a huge amount. Uh, But really, if you look at a a couple and you look at uh, both amounts together, uh, it can add up. But then again, you have to take it one step further. Uh, some people may have uh, employer-sponsored pension plans, right? Company pension plans. Or again, many people have saved through RSPs, uh, which have turned into registered income funds, now RIFs, right? Or tax-free savings accounts, or they may just have simply money in the bank. And so we have to take a look at all of those, as I say, buckets, right? And decide which is the best uh, place for you to withdraw income from Uh, slowly over time? And how do we minimize taxes when doing so? Okay, so and you also have to figure out like which place you're going to draw money from first, right? Do you leave it in one area? Or do you go for the RRSP? Like, what do you do? Well, exactly. It really depends. And some people uh, kind of hoard cash in their bank account too, which we have to look at, right? There's a certain amount that you want to uh, have as a cushion in your bank account. But when you start uh, accumulating 100, 200, 300, 400,000 in your bank account, it's just too much, right? You're earning a negative return on that. The, the banks aren't paying too much right now in their high interest savings accounts, as, uh, as we know. Um, so you may be withdrawing from that first uh, or joint accounts is another one. Uh, but we really have to do a financial plan to decide how much should we be withdrawing from your RSPs or RIFs. Uh, tax-free savings accounts, you generally don't want to touch. Uh, they're really? a great, yeah, they're a great tool for estate planning, right? You can, you're putting tax paid money into the uh, TFSA 
Uh, it's, uh, it earns compounded growth over time, and then you're able to give it to whoever you want at the end of your days uh, with no taxes payable. So, so your TFSA, your principal residence are both great tools for estate planning purposes. Uh, but the rest, in order to figure out cash flow, a de- detailed financial plan about your unique circumstances is is really required. And uh, again, that's something that we do all the time in creating those income portfolios. Again, you're going from a situation when you're heading into retirement from getting a paycheck to paying yourself. And and that's normal. And, and a lot of people even, you know, I, I guess a big fear is not wanting to draw on their capital right? They mm-hmm. want to keep the capital and just take out the growth. But remember, if you don't draw on any of your capital, you're going to have a massive nest egg probably at the end of your day. So just know that and be happy that you're going to be giving that to somebody at, at you know, uh, when you pass away. So again, just those conversations need to happen so that you just have a plan in place. Right. It, well, it really does sound like there's so much homework involved if you're thinking about retiring. <laughs> like, but you can't just decide that, oh, this sounds like a good time. There's a lot of work. Uh, there is a lot of work and, and that's a passion of ours, helping people retire, right? So so again, just uh, having a detailed financial plan, uh, you know, having somebody help you go over um, your pension options. If you have a company pension and you're thinking about retiring, that's another one. You don't want to choose the wrong option. Right. Uh, so often we're reviewing that for people, right? And uh, and again, investing wisely. You, you know, even though you're going to retirement, you can't be completely fearful of the stock market or investing in. Again, I often say it's, it's best to stick with an active manager or active investment approach because, you know, one thing that we know in the future, there will be another correction or crash in the markets. And when you're withdrawing an income, it's so important that you recover as quickly as possible. And none of this buy and hold, don't worry about it, it will come back. Mm-hmm. You don't have the chance to make it up again for number one. Uh, but number two, uh, you can't afford to have your portfolio underwater for an extensive period of time while you're withdrawing income out of that. So again, you want to make sure you're with the right financial team, that you have an active approach, uh, and that you're investing wisely and not just hiding in GICs or putting your money under your mattress. Right. Always good advice. Oh, thank you so much, Lori. <laughs> Thanks, Jimmy. Have a great day. You too. That's Lori Pinkowski, Senior Vice President and Portfolio Manager at Canaccord Genuity. Always great advice, particularly about retirement. So remember, if you've got questions, you can contact the team directly at 604-695-LORI or visit their website at pinkowski.ca.